listening to the New Mamas Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Lena. And today I'm talking to Emily, who is a new mama and also my husband's cousin, (laughs) which is so fun. I'm so excited to talk to her. Uh, She's out of Colorado. And today we're going to be talking about her postpartum mental health journey. So welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. Yay. Okay. So as we were talking about before we started the recording, Odin is six months. Six months and crazy. That's awesome. Like it's six months is so wild because it feels like just yesterday I was seeing pictures of him as a newborn. Like I specifically remember having your grandma over our house and I was like showing her pictures of him. I was like, I believe this baby is so cute. I want to beat him. So tell me, how was newborn life? I want to get into it, but maybe we'll start there. Like, what did you love? What did you not love? Newborn life was definitely tough for me. Everything just seemed so fast. Like, even the pregnancy seemed fast. Like, I found out pretty early on, but... You did? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think I found out, like, five weeks. Like, it was, like, super early. Yeah. That's and so then early. going throughout the pregnancy, it was just terrifying because prior I had a miscarriage and then three months after I found out I was pregnant with Odin. No kidding. Yeah. My body was still out of whack. And I was like, I don't know, this can't be real. Like I just thought my hormones were like still spiked and that's why I was coming, like uh, showing up pregnant. Finally, 10 weeks hit and I kept taking a pregnancy test. I swear like every day for like three weeks. And I was like, okay, this is it. So we went and got um, the blood work and stuff done and then an ultrasound. And on the ultrasound, it was a nightmare. This lady was a sub in tech. So she comes in and she's doing the ultrasound and she tells me she can't find his heartbeat. And it's like literally after I just had a miscarriage. So I'm like starting to cry. Yeah, I just got chills. Oh my gosh. She sees me like visibly upset and she keeps like looking around. And I was like, I just like don't understand like why it would be that way, but whatever. She's like, well, let me keep looking. And then she finds a heartbeat. She goes, oops, never mind. There it is. And I'm like, oops. No. Yeah. That is like a big, I feel like I'm about to cry. Imagine you in that situation because that first ultrasound appointment is really, it's kind of scary. Like you don't really know what to expect. Like what? And then my mind just kept flashing back because when I had my miscarriage, I didn't know I was pregnant. And I was at the time I was cleaning houses and I was in this customer's basement and it happened. Like I was in their bathroom cleaning and I was like, just started having so much pain. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I thought I was literally just late for a period. So I started going to the bathroom and then I was like doubling over in pain. And it was just not to get TMI, but like clumps. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? And that was like kind of the first thing where I was like, I don't know, like this isn't a regular period. Something's going on. So then to have that happen and then be in the ultrasound, actually like visibly seeing the baby on screen and her not or her telling me she can't hear a heartbeat. Like, I don't know, kind of just set up the whole pregnancy for like, I want to be excited, but I'm just terrified. I don't think I got excited until like the third trimester when everything was like out of the clear. But even in the second trimester, we got the anatomy scan done. There was something else that we got done for the trisomy 13 and all that, like for Down syndrome, spina bifida, and a few other things. And it came back positive for Down syndrome. Wow. So it was just like a whole lot. And not that there's a curse or anything for Down syndrome, but it's like, I don't know. I was just like prepping my mind, like, if he comes out that way, 
it's going to be a lot more attention than what I was expecting. So it's like, everything's just throwing me for a curveball. And then by the third trimester, I just had to get in the mindset, like he's going to come out the way he wants. Like, it doesn't matter mental, whatever, just like, this is how it's got to be. And he came out better than I expected to be perfectly honest. He's still crazy, but he came out. So does he have down syndrome? No, 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 he doesn't. But throughout pregnancy, did you, it came back positive and then that was that, right? There was no discussion. So you were prepared to have a baby with down syndrome and then Odin came out and he doesn't, he doesn't have it because I didn't know that. I just saw pictures of Odin and wow. So it was like, since then my anxiety has started. Like since that 10 week ultrasound, that she couldn't hear a heartbeat, my anxiety has like been the worst it's ever been. I can very much relate. I feel like and maybe you've struggled with anxiety maybe your whole life and you didn't know that yeah. was that was my experience. But motherhood like made it. And I'm like laughing because I think that's how just like cope with emotions. But it was crippling. Like that's when it yeah. was like, I have a problem. Did you experience postpartum anxiety when Odin was a newborn? Talk to me about like your mental health starting with him as a newborn. I would say it's more like I definitely have anxiety and I've always had anxiety, but I've suffered from depression since I was a little girl. Like when mm-hmm. after my dad passed, I just became super depressed. I never knew what anxiety was, I guess, until I got older. But I knew when I was little, like I never felt bright or like everything's always seemed like kind of a gray color to me. Like I don't have many emotions, like they're all kind of just fried and anxiety definitely doesn't help. But after he was born, I was like thankful that he was perfectly healthy, but it was just very hard to be happy. I don't know. Like, like I'm happy that he's healthy and alive and doing well, but I don't know. It's like hard to deal with anxiety. Right. And depression. So what were some of the symptoms? Like you've struggled with depression most of your life. And and a lot of that sounds pretty accurate. Just that gray feeling and that, you know, indifference. And I, I actually didn't know what postpartum anxiety was. I knew about postpartum depression only because they give you those screenings. Did you get those too when you go to the doctor and it's like, do you feel like you want to hurt yourself? Do you feel like you want to yeah. hurt your child? Like that was, but I feel like postpartum depression is so much more complex than that. Like just because you have postpartum depression, it might not mean that, like it's not a checkbox. It really looks yeah. different for every mom. So when he came out, and he realized, so did the doctors realize, like, were they, did they prep you at all to have a baby with special needs? No. That's shocking. They were kind of just like, I don't know. The healthcare system kind of really sucks. So here in Colorado, they have Kaiser, which is like the top, the top of the top healthcare. And I feel like maybe if I had Kaiser, I would have had like a little more coaching for everything. Because I had Medicaid, I think it was kind of just a bad setup to begin with. And... I mean, I've tried everything through uh, the hypnobirthing and stuff too. Like my friend, Ryan, she gave me the hypnobirthing like classes, like sent them to my phone or whatever. And I tried doing it. And I was like, I don't know, my anxiety and depression is like way worse than this. Like I cannot sit there and just breathe and think of different words. During birth, that was kind of tough as well. His blood pressure kept dropping. They had to, I was 41 weeks, I think. So he was like taking his time. I remember um, that. I remember seeing yeah. that on Facebook. It was so cute. I was like, like please, dear Lord. <laughs> but his blood pressure, whatever, his heart rates uh, kept dropping. 
part of me felt guilty because this is going to also get kind of deep. I've suffered with pain pill addiction for a long time and I got clean in 2018. So like my whole plan was when I was going to give birth, like I was going to do it unmedicated and boy, oh boy, was I wrong. So I got on, they put me on Pitocin Mm -hmm. and then I started shaking uncontrollably from pain. So then they came in and did the epidural, but I didn't, I wasn't very well educated with anything. I kind of just, I'm just a flyby person, but I was laying there in bed shaking still, but like not feeling really anything. And my husband, Caleb was like, how's the fentanyl? So like that also gave me anxiety. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, did I just break sobriety trying Mm -hmm. to give birth? It was just a whole mess. Like, I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy it too much. It was just so hard. If it makes you feel better, I didn't know anything when I went into birth. Like, I very, like, because of my anxiety, like, I either go two ways. I either get all the information possible. Yep. Or I get no information because I don't want to know because I feel like ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So with birth, I very, I feel like wrongly now looking back, didn't prepare myself at all. So same thing. I I was induced. I had Pitocin. When they gave me the laughing gas, or I don't know what you said, fentanyl. I don't know what drug they, I still do. I actually don't know what drug they gave me, but I was very high and I had never done any drugs or anything. And I didn't know what to expect. They just said to me, it takes the edge off. And looking back, I'm like, wait, that was not enough information. Like, yeah. So I, I agree. And I don't know, that's interesting, like healthcare and you're on Medicaid. And I I wonder if that does make a difference. I always kind of thought it did. Not that there's anything wrong with Planned Parenthood, but like, I don't know, you would have back home, we had Women's Health Center. So that was like the top. And then we had Planned Parenthood. And it's like, if you went to Planned Parenthood, 98.9% of the time you were going to get an attitude from the lady at the front desk because she was just like dealing with lower income families. But it's like, I'm also have low income, but I don't have an attitude. But it's like when I would go to women's health center, like everyone would be chipper and very sweet. And it just seemed like caring. Like it was just like a different atmosphere. And that's kind of how during the pregnancy, I like flash back to that feeling of like when I went to Planned Parenthood compared to women's health center, like it just seemed like I don't know. I was just another person to deal with. That's truly awful. Like, because the folks that need the most love and care are those families that are struggling. So that it does break my heart. I I think just in general, women's health in our system is really not good (laughs) because Mm -mm. I feel like they almost try to give you the least amount of information and knowledge as possible because I feel like knowledge is power. And with more knowledge, we can advocate for ourselves more. But if we don't have any knowledge, then the doctors are more in control. Not that I'm shitting on doctors or anything. I'm just saying, I just don't, I just don't feel like sometimes they're on our side when it comes to all of that. That's very interesting. When did you first recognize the signs of postpartum depression? What really triggered me to ask you was when you posted about postpartum depression, and I thought that was so brave to talk about on Facebook because it's funny. I actually, I don't really talk about mental health on Facebook. I do on Instagram, but Facebook makes me so nervous because there is like a lot of family on there. So yeah, um, when did you first recognize the signs? 
Well, that's what I thought was weird. And like you said, knowledge is power. I always thought postpartum depression, like right after you gave birth, like that's when it was going to hit. So mine didn't come maybe until I was like four months. And I just started feeling like, like I still feel it now, like emotionless at times, like the baby could be screaming. And it's just like, I'm sitting there just staring into a black hole. And it's like, I don't feel any different way. Like I just, I don't know. I'm just like completely numb. But I would say it started at like four months because I noticed it the one day because I was doing that. I was just staring off as a baby's like just screaming. And it's like, I'm not thinking any bad thoughts or anything. I just feel just so heavy. Like, like I literally have like concrete tied to me all over my body. As the weeks went on, like when I posted that, that's when I started like actually showing emotion and like crying for no reason. Like I was like crying all day long. The way that I've always dealt with depression since I was a little girl, I could just remember being very angry along for a long time. And I think I was crying because I was starting to feel that anger again and like very strongly. But I didn't know that postpartum would come so late. After I gave birth, I had um, my placenta encapsulated because I was so terrified and anxiety ridden of having postpartum depression. So I finished up those pills pretty quickly and I thought that was going to be it. And then come four to five months, it hit hard. And like, I just was not expecting that. I feel like that's so powerful that you recognize that because I had the same experience. I don't think I experienced postpartum depression until about eight months. And at that yeah. point, it was like, is it depression or is it postpartum depression? Like what flavor of mental health is this? You described it so perfectly, that feeling of heaviness, of concrete, feeling numb and just like every day just felt like you were climbing Mount Everest. Like, I think that was you hit the nail on the head there. So how, then how did you once you recognized it, how did you nurture yourself during this time? Did you seek any professional help or holistic help? Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I definitely lean more towards holistic help. But in the sense of vitamins, magnesium, calcium, vitamin C, like everything, again, with having anxiety and having a past addiction to pills, I get very overwhelmed feeling of being on any kind of pill because I just don't do well with them. Even Wellbutrin or any kind of the antidepressants, like just makes me, I don't know, makes my fear go up like a thousand my outlet is to run. I don't run to like stay fit. I literally run to like run out all the thoughts. Like I will run for hours and it's not fast paced. It's like slow pace, but that's one way I definitely have control over it. And when I don't, and when I can't work out, I'm like just a mess all day long. And it's even harder with a baby because sometimes I want to like throw a good pace in there. I can't with a baby crying in a stroller. Or like, I'm nervous of people walking by and being like, why is she running when the baby's crying in the stroller? Oh, like, see, I would feel like that's so like good. for Like, it's not good for but it's like good for you. Like baby's crying, but you're putting your health yeah. first. I would I know people are so judgmental and I just I can't. But I feel like if I saw a mom doing that, I'd be like, you go, mama. <laughs> well, that's what I do. Sometimes when I see people run, I'm like, you get it, girl. Get it. Especially with a stroller. Like that is so badass honestly. Hey everyone, it's your host, Lena Forrestal, taking a quick break from this podcast episode to ask you to support the show. I do this show because I love it. And as a self-funded creator, your support can help me pay for things like podcast hosting and an editor. 
So here's how you can help. Share this episode with a mom friend, caretaker, or soon-to-be mom friend. Leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you wanted to throw me some coins, you can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Any little bit helps, and I appreciate your support. Finally, give me a follow on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. I love meeting my listeners, so definitely send me a DM and introduce yourself. Now, let's get back to the show. I'm glad that you found something like an outlet to channel that. And there is studies that exercise. Well, it does. It gives you that dopamine boost. Like there's different. So I'm on Wellbutrin, which is interesting. It's it's uh, my psychiatrist said it is prescribed to people with substance abuse issues. It can help. I think it was originally developed to help people quit smoking, but she also prescribes it to people with alcohol abuse, but I don't know about like painkiller or opiate abuse. So I, I really like my experience with Wellbutrin, but I understand where it would be so scary. I actually have a friend who has addiction in her family and same thing. She's trying to find a solution that works with her for her ADHD and her depression, um, but she's absolutely terrified of taking substances. So yeah. It's that's and I feel like there's not enough help in between, right? It's almost like nothing or seeing a psychiatrist or a therapist. I feel like there's nothing really in between to kind of talk about what the options are or almost like holistic or maybe there is and I just haven't done the research, but maybe like holistic depression um, coaching or, or treatment. But I'm glad that you found an outlet and that you're nurturing yourself. Things. I'm not, so, I would have to say, like, I'm not so nervous to take pills, especially if it's going to help my mood. But I think it's just the long run of things. Like, that's what gives me anxiety is like, am I only ever going to feel okay if I take that pill? And how long am I going to have to take it? Because mm-hmm. it took me a very long time to get clean. Mm-hmm. So I was on, I wasn't on anything. I was just not being a good person and buying pain pills. But after that, I went on Suboxone and Suboxone is supposed to be a weaning agent oh. pretty much. So I started abusing Suboxone and Suboxone has a half-life. So it's like forever how long you take it is you have to, I forget how the math goes, but it just took at, at least three and a half years for me to get off of it. Yeah. And it was mental torture. So that anxiety plays into me possibly having to take something to adjust my mood now because it's like when I was doing that stuff that stuff definitely adjusted my mood to feeling better everywhere and now it's just like I don't know all I can do is just run you do bring up a good point because those are thoughts I've had before too like I feel I'm on two so I'm on Wellbutrin and Stratera and Stratera helps more with focus and ADD but I feel so good that it was Originally, I went on medication as a temporary thought, like I will just take it until I feel better. But then now that I feel better, I don't want to get off of it because I'm yeah. I'm scared of going back to it. And that thought did cross my mind, like I am going to be dependent on this for the rest of my life because is there is there any way to actually fix a chemical imbalance or do you just have to yeah. keep, keep taking chemicals to to fix it yeah so that's these are absolutely real fears that you're bringing up 
That's wild that you had that experience with Suboxone. Wow. And I'm sure I'm sure you're not alone. Like I'm I'm sure I've, I've had other moms on the po- podcast too that have had abuse or addiction issues. And it's just hard when you're going through this postpartum period. And even without mental health challenges, I feel like having a baby is hard because it's not yeah. just... It's just like, it's not just having the baby, but it's like balancing everything in your life and even your relationship and everything, just everything does change. So adding on mental health issues on top of it, it just makes everything 10 times harder. Well, that's like the funny thing is like, so I would say I heard that most throughout my entire pregnancy is that everything's going to change. And it's like, I don't know, like you hear it and it goes in one ear and out the other. And then like, as soon as it happened, you're like, wow, everything is changing. Yeah, I had no, I was like, what do you, nothing's going to change. Like, I was, yeah, so everything like, changes. And I remember saying like to John, I was like, it's just a baby. Like, you don't have to freak out about anything. So he was like freaking out. And I was like, it's just a baby. Everybody does it. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Yeah. What's something you wish you knew before having a baby? I'm not too sure, honestly. You're like everything. <laughs> Yeah, that everything changes. Yeah. Did your husband, did he recognize the signs of postpartum depression in you? Like, because I just, I know John, like, didn't, he just knew I was different, but he didn't know what I was going through and he didn't know how to help. So I don't know if your husband was in tune with that. Like, like, what was that like? Um, he's pretty in tune with it. Cause he'll say that I'm moody, but he doesn't say it in a bad way or anything. He'll just be like, you're really moody this week. And it's like, Oh, I forget. Like when you're in your head, you're just forget that everything like is affected and it's like affecting other people. And it's so hard to change that mindset to be like happier. Like sometimes I literally have to think of the words I'm about to say before I say them because it can come off rude or anything like that. And it's like, I don't see it as rude, but it could come off rude. I just thank the Lord for his patience because I don't know how I don't even want to deal with myself most times like I don't know but he would just um mention about my moodiness he would hug me when I cried like I don't know he's just patient maybe that's like what set into my mind like oh man I'm really starting to go through it I feel like maybe just that patience and same thing so John didn't John didn't necessarily was able to help me but he was eternally patient with me mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe all I could have really asked for because I I was so scared of someone hurting Archie. I wouldn't even let him hold him. And that's like a big sign. Wow. Yeah. And that's his like that's the father that's like art that's Archie's dad. And I was terrified that he would accidentally drop him or leave him in a hot car or like like the st- the the thoughts that went through my mind and that's his dad like what it's just like it's crazy so i'm glad that john was patient with me <laughs> yeah i was kind of the opposite like i was like more pressing caleb to take the baby than anything like i wasn't afraid oh, of anything like that but i just like wanted him to take the baby change the baby more feed the baby more like just let me have that time alone. Like when I'm truly suffering, like I, everything is internal. Like I just like want to curl up and just like, that's it. Like, I don't want anyone to talk to me. Don't show emotion to me. Like everything drains me. That's been the biggest challenge is like having to put those emotions aside that are so strong for the baby. Recently, I had a very abusive ex-boyfriend kill himself and we haven't talked in over like 
a year and a half, two years. And I didn't know that he was struggling. When we were together, I knew he was mentally struggling, but I just never expected this out of the blue. And it brought up a lot of painful memories. And the day that I found out, I was sobbing. And I had to call my in-laws to come and get the baby because I felt like when I was crying that Odin could like literally look into my soul and see the sadness. And he is such a happy baby. And I just like can't imagine him being like truly that sad or seeing me that sad. And when I told people that they're like, but he's, he's a human, like he's going to have emotions like that. And it's like, I never want my son to feel any kind of heaviness that I've ever felt. So if I can just kind of get him away from how I'm feeling, like that would be best. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I just got chills while you were talking. I think it's very natural to want to protect our children from these bad emotions. I kind of have the same, oh, I'm going to tear up. But when I'm crying, I like to, yeah, I don't like Archie to see me cry or upset. Same thing. Like, I just feel like they're so innocent and they have their whole, like, long lives and experiences to be upset over. And you're the one that makes them the happiest. So it's like for them to see you sad, like, that's not right. At least not to me. Like, it doesn't feel right. Like I make him the happiest. He can look at everyone in the room and smile, but he gets the biggest smile with his big dimples at me. And it's like, I cannot let him see me like that. Like, Yeah. What kind of emotions came up for you when you learned about your ex-boyfriend? Because that's, I mean, he was abusive. So I've also had my first, my very first boyfriend actually was extremely physically abusive. And um, so I can relate a little bit. But yeah, what came up for you? Just anger, like anger, extreme sadness. Even though he was like so abusive, like I'm just the type of person, like I want everyone to do better for themselves. Like if you didn't treat me well, as long as we're not in the same picture together, like I'm, I'm happy for you. Like I, I could care less. Like I just want you to be a better person. But I just felt all the anger that I felt back then. I felt hurt. I don't know. And he's like just one of those people. And they say that you like constantly go back to your abuser. Like he definitely left me with PTSD. Like there's like been things that Caleb has done that has like triggered me and like not abusive, but like Caleb could say one word and that word I've heard before, but in a different way. It's just crazy to deal with. Like that was kind of the last thing that I wanted to deal with on top of depression and anxiety because it's like, I just find myself even more randomly crying. It's like um, anger at the way that he treated me because I gave him the biggest part of me like Mm -hmm. for so long. It was like two and a half years and it might not be that long, but that was long during all that abuse. No, that's he tested my sobriety, everything. He would break my stuff all the time, push me, shove me, call me awful, awful names. And just like, He's finally at peace, but I just like, I hated that. I still felt that anger that it came up like that, like no problem. And then I have to cry in front of my son over a past relationship. And then I had to go through the awkwardness with my now husband. Like that was just very hard too. That was such a hard week. I'm like kind of coming out of it still. I still find myself crying at times, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're experiencing grief and you know, regardless, that sounds terrible. 
absolutely terrible relationship. I'm so sorry you went through that. But I feel like it's still also normal to experience that grief because it is someone that we were so intimate with and shared the most intimate parts of ourselves with. Like it's, I'm sure it feels a little bit of like maybe even like lack of closure as well. Like when someone takes their own life, like there's almost this, like there's no closure there for you. Like, I guess selfishly, you're you're like, wait, <laughs> but I didn't say everything I wanted to say or like, and I'm sure as part of like self-preservation, you probably buried a lot of those memories too. Like I know, I know that's how I cope. I actually had a, my psychiatrist when she was getting to know me, she like, we were talking and everything. And I said, oh, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, I haven't had any like trauma or anything bad happen in my life. But and then I would share like everything that was going on with me. And then I saw her notes. I don't think she was supposed to share her notes with me. She was supposed to send it to the pharmacist. But then the pharmacist, I don't know, somehow I saw a copy of it because it was on Talkspace. And her notes in her notes, it says denies trauma, like buried memories. And I was like, oh, shit. Like it was, it was just so interesting to see it from someone else's perspective. Well, that's like, so tying back to depression. So I remember being little, this is going to get pretty dark, but I remember being like six or seven and trying to commit suicide when I was that young by overheating myself. Like it was like a child, like, so we didn't have air conditioning in my mom's house. And I remember putting on all these clothes because I just wanted to die. Like I missed my dad so much, like just really going through it. So I put on all these clothes and I laid in my hot room in the middle of the floor for like maybe five, 10 minutes. And I started like getting overheated and I was like, I can't do this, but I don't have really many good memories from when I was little. And I think that's because of depression, because you block it all out. Mm -hmm. I can only remember a few things about my dad and then it jumps until I'm like 16 or 17 and then it jumps again. Like depression just like makes me black out, but I'm still aware. Like, it's just like wild. Like I can only remember sad or bad things. I can remember a good memory here and there, but for some reason, my mind is only processing trauma. Yeah. And your body still remembers. There's this book. I think it's, I think the, have you heard of this book? It's called like the body. It might be called the body remembers, but it's basically like the physical reaction you like, or the physical like symptoms of trauma and PTSD. And like, even though your mind, like, again, as self-preservation has probably blacked out a lot of it, your body still remembers and carries everything. It's an interesting book. If I find that, if I find it, I'll definitely send you the title of it. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's just so hard. So I think also the other thing that comes up for us being moms is you went all through all of this in childhood and you think about like what your child now, like you're like, I don't want my baby to ever experience what I experience. And I think that's maybe some of the hardest parts. I just always count my blessings that he has a wonderful father. Like his dad is the greatest. And then he has me because I only grew up with a mom. My dad passed away when I was like five or six. But like I said, like, I don't remember much about my dad, but it's like, he's going to grow up and have both parents. He's got wonderful grandparents. Like he's just surrounded. So like to have, to even fathom that he could be like, as sad as I feel sometimes, I just like 
will not let that happen. Like I will do everything. You'll know what to look for too. Like you'll see the signs in your six or seven year old. Like if they experience what you experience, like a lot of it is that a lot of it is trauma. It sounds like that you experience, but then also I'm sure it has that chemical imbalance as well. That's what I always think too. I'm like me, okay, me knowing that I struggle with mental health and that I'm on antidepressants. I have, I'm going to pay attention to Archie and possibly our future children, like really pay attention and help them help themselves and get them help if I see it. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think our parents' generation was just different. Yeah. Well, Emily, thank you so much for opening up and sharing everything like this was like almost even a cathartic experience for me too to talk to someone about these deep things we don't have conversations like this normally you know what I mean like it's yeah you know you meet up with friends and stuff and it's not it's hard to go deeper sometimes but thank you seriously you're welcome if there's any piece of advice that you could leave for a new mom who's maybe in the thick of it what would it be Just try and find patience with yourself more than anything. Maybe go for a walk. It's not real deep or anything, but sometimes outside just like helps immensely. Like you're inside with the baby all day. Just go for a walk, kind of zone out if you have to, but just be patient with yourself. Like it'll pass. It might seem like it takes forever, but it will pass. I love that. It is so true. And I feel like sometimes the best advice is sometimes the most like simple things that we don't recognize like that, like that this feeling yeah. is temporary. Emily, thank you so much. If anyone wants to pass a message along to Emily, you can send it to me and then I will I will relay it with her. Emily, thank you. I, I love talking to you and I hope I see you in December. Yeah, I hope so too. I'd like to visit all the family if possible. I'm going to be here for like a week and a half so or be there for a week and a half yeah if norman and amber don't mind like maybe we'll come down like and crash the party that'd be cool (laughs) say hi i know because i think archie hasn't even seen them in a while too because it's also been complicated with like covid and like how like all this stuff like we just had covid it was really bad didn't you have covid recently too i had covid twice i had it right before I was pregnant. And then oh, I had God. it while I was pregnant. Did I have a three times? No, I think I had twice. I had it right before Christmas. I had it like the 23rd of Christmas. I found out I was positive for COVID. That's but what it, everyone it wasn't got as it. bad as the first time. The first time was awful. Yeah. I think that's when like everybody and there were no tests then too. Nope. Yeah. I remember that it was so complicated. So yeah. But everyone... Thank you for listening to this episode and catch us back next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the new mama's podcast. This podcast was created to help first time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid afternoon. And as a first time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash new mamas podcast. 
Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at New Mamas Podcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye.